We are here to fuel your Rockets news. It's the Rockets Field Podcast, and I'm your co-host, LaShar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops, and you can find my written work at SB Nation. Uh, the main site are uh, the Dream Shake, so make sure you check out uh, all my content there. Uh, before we get too far into it, and we're going to uh, let our special guest introduce himself, I'm going to let my co-host uh, give everybody his information where they can find all his great content. All right, uh, it's Vader. You can find me at uh, Vader H Town on Twitter and also IG. All right, and y'all, this is a familiar face to Rocket Fuel, but of course, I want to also give him a chance to let everybody know where they can find him because he's pretty much everywhere. <laughs> pretty much every sport you can think of, he's pretty much covering at this point. Yeah, so it's Brandon Scott. I'm at Sports Radio 610, doing a little bit of hosting, uh, supervising their digital operation, uh, podcasting, pretty much anything you can think of Texans, Rockets. Astros, all of that. So, uh, yeah, Sports Radio 610, uh, also doing some, like I said, Rockets podcasting and a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So uh, I appreciate y'all having me, man. This is a this is a really good space to be in. And obviously to talk about the Rockets, y'all do a hell of a job doing so. So I'm honored to be here, man. Man, uh, we definitely appreciate that. Well, like I said, I've, I've had you on before. We had a great conversation. Uh, it's been a while since you've been on. I think it was like earlier in the season, but I definitely want to have you back on because you're you're doing big things. Every time I look up, you're at Texans events, you're at Rockets events, you're at Astros events. So man, you're pretty much everywhere these days. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the name of the game is to be in the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to try to be seen and be available, uh, you know, and, and that that to me, like if anybody like is trying to get in this business and grind, like the, the thing to do is to just be available. You know, and that's the I feel like working hard and being available is the best thing that I can do. Um, and then the talent speaks for itself after that. So uh, so that's what I would tell people to do, man. Always as best you can. Life comes, comes, you know, comes and gets in the way sometimes. But as best yeah. you can be available and be willing. And, I, you know, I appreciate Sports Radio 16 at the very least giving me the opportunity to uh, to do some of those things. Absolutely, man. That's that's, that's great advice, you know in the culture we in now where everything's kind of a hot take or, you know, trying to get your name out there about shock value. It's really, it's, it's about, you know, grinding out, being available, working hard, getting your name out there in the right way, because eventually it'll work its way back to you in a positive way. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's great advice on that. You know, and I, kind of, I, yeah, I, I'll add just to the short man, not to cut you off, but I would say yeah. like a legitimate passion for, for the content, yeah. you know, that's the thing that I sense from y'all. The reason why I ride with y'all is like, Y'all are informed and knowledgeable and all of that, but you're also like super passionate about what you're doing. You, and that comes off like through the social media, through the podcast. And, and that's what I try to be about as well. So like you find that thing that you're passionate about, like you're, you're going to want to put that work in. And I'm passionate about the Rockets, right? I'm passionate yeah. about the Astros and the Texans and, and the city in general, the community in general. Right. So like this is, it's, it's kind of easy for me to lean into it and pour into it the way that I do, man. I'm glad you said that, man, because I get a lot of like I get a lot of flack on social media because like people say, you know, like I'm just saying stuff like I I, I mean, you may not agree with what I say, but like I actually like believe if I post it like I believe like you you can disagree with it. But um, at the end of the day, I'm a fan. And so yeah. um, like I'm, and I'm allowed to have an opinion. And so the fact that like you said that that just like makes me feel like like, you know, it's like a confirmation because um you know people always like oh you just saying stuff so you can get like interactions and i'm like i believe this like you might disagree with it you know and that's fine but like i'm just one of those people that i'm not afraid to 
like post my opinion and then like i'm not afraid to defend my opinion so anyway thanks brandon for coming up yeah yeah absolutely like i mean like y'all were saying just kind of tied up i mean even before i got into actually covering the team i i've been a lifelong rockets fan so much as you try to be professional a lot of times i mean it's, it's gonna come through i've been following the rockets for a long time i mean i'm in my 40s now like i think we're all kind of similar in age so I mean, I've been following the Rockets for a long time, been a fan a long time. So that's going to come through regardless of how much I try to be professional, even, you know, being at the games now. But, you know, I, I, yeah, we definitely appreciate that. And we can definitely feel that passion, you know, coming from you. And that's why we wanted to have you on and definitely talking about uh, the upcoming draft. That's, you know, definitely going to be the biggest story for the Rockets. I mean, we still have the playoffs going on, which we're going to talk a little bit about later in the show. But right now, the biggest thing in the, Houston Rockets community is the draft lottery that's coming up next week. And that's kind of where I wanted to start. I mean, we kind of know who's going to be the top three picks. Some people have two and three in a different order. They may have Brandon Miller at two and Scoot Henderson at three. But we kind of know who's going to be the top three um, at this point. What I really want to talk about is what do the Rockets do if they fall outside of the top three? Um, I think that's kind of a worst-case scenario because even though there are some really good players – after um, the top three, that's when you start. It starts getting a little bit dicey as far as projecting them out to be star, superstar level players. So, Brandon, I want to start with you. If you're the Rockets and you fall, let's say, to four or five, uh, somewhere in that range, are you thinking about okay, we're trying to win this year? I may package this and try to go out and get a a disgruntled starter out there like a Jalen Brown, or try to go get a Mikael Bridges or just, just um, you know, some similar names like that that may be out there that teams may be looking to move on from. Or would you still keep that pick and go with one of the Thompson twins or go with Cam Whitmore, go with one of those type of players? Yeah, man, I, I definitely am thinking about it. And I think so there's a couple of it's, it's kind of a, a two part question here. Like, what would yeah. what would you do? What would we do? And maybe what do we think they might do? And and yeah. there's probably some a little bit of a difference there, I think. But. I feel pretty confident that if they fall outside of the top three, that they they would be more interested in trading out of it. That That's what I think that, that they would do. So let's just put that part aside. What I would do, if you're asking my opinion, I actually would be sort of interested in one of the Thompson twins, mainly the one that's more of a point guard. Uh, I'm in, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correct, uh, correct, yeah. but I'm in um, is the, is the twin that I think I would be more interested in. And even uh, a black, the like I, I'm yeah, interested in the in, in the point like where do they fall and what are they targeting what are they interested in around that spot I do think that there's a player that they could get there so if it were me I would be less inclined to do so it's obviously something that I would think about and you know you'd have to gauge who's available is Jalen Brown as disgruntled as the rumors indicate um like what all are you willing to give up for you know, a rental and like, what's the plan there? Like past that. Cause he's talked about wanting to explore free agency and all of that. Like what exactly is the strategy there? But yeah. I would definitely be interested in the possibility of adding one of these point guards. Because I, I would agree with the initial point that you made after top three, it's really hard projecting like a franchise type of player in this draft. I don't really think that that's there, but I do think you could get a solid piece in a point guard, say around four or five, if that's where you end up at. So I'd be interested in, I would be more interested in that myself. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a lot of different possibilities and it kind of, 
and I do agree with you as far as the Rockets, because we heard Rafael Stone say that that you know they'll be willing to trade anything except we know they're not they're not trading a number one pick. Nobody's trading number one pick in the, under any circumstances. Um, they're not trading a number one pick, but I mean, there's definitely a lot of different possibilities. So I mean, Vader, what's kind of your opinion? What do you think they would do, and what would you personally do if you had that decision? <clears throat> I mean, obviously, I think it just kind of depends on like what what is available. Like, if you can get Jalen Brown, like I know we we've had a lot of like uh, back and forth discourse in the community about like the yeah. value of Jalen Brown. I mean, the guy just made a second team All NBA team. Yes, he is a flawed player, uh, but he does do a lot of really good things, and he would absolutely make the Rockets better. If you can somehow package a four, five pick, six pick, and and get Jalen Brown, I mean, I don't see how you turn that down. Um, as long as the price is, as long as the price is not like something that is like going to set your franchise back, I think that you have to make that trade. Like that is a, that is a trade that makes you better. Right. So, um, it just kind of depends on what's on the table. Now, if it's just some kind of like, um, you know, fringe guy, then no, like, I, I think you keep that pick because there are some guys who have some upside in this draft. I mean, yeah, you got to wait for it, but, um, you know, like I know some people may not may or may not be high on Jairus Walker. Jairus Walker is a guy who he's not a flashy player, but he's a guy who's going to be able to come in and be like a a tremendous defender. He can defend probably all five positions. Like he has he has a he has a like Lou Dort like a giant size Lou Dort ability to play defense. <laughs> and so like yeah. that that is a guy who I feel like uh, Emmy Adoka would be like he'd be able to, to deploy that guy with like Tarisan and, and, and um, Jabari Smith Jr. Guys like that. And you really have a formidable like defensive lineup on the floor. And we haven't, we haven't seen that very much over the past couple of years. So like, I like Jairus Walker, maybe not at four, but like, like, like Brandon was saying, like Amon Thompson is very intriguing to me. Like to me, he's a walking paint touch. And by that, I mean like who's keeping that guy out of the paint. Like I know his jump shot is broken. I, I mean, it's hard to project that he's ever going to be like a legitimate like outside shooter one day. But one thing I know he can do uh, just from seeing like when when before Ben Simmons fell off a cliff, even though Ben Simmons couldn't shoot, he could get in the paint and he could create opportunities for other guys. Um, Russell Westbrook, even though, you know, his his shooting wanes at times, he's able to get in the paint and he can create opportunities for other guys. I think Amen Thompson is instantly going to come into the NBA and be that type of player as far as like um, – just just from a creation standpoint his core vision is really good um and like as, as far as like being an athlete i think he's in the top one percent like like there's not like when i look at his athleticism i just don't think that there are many guys in the nba who can rival him athletically like i think he automatically comes in and he's like to me and, and people may disagree but and 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 i always say this like I love Jalen Green and Jalen Green is like probably one of the most athletic players in the NBA. I think Amon Thompson is a better athlete than Jalen Green, which which is crazy, which is crazy when you think about it. So you're talking about a guy who has um, who has elite athleticism, like pr- probably surpass elite. We're talking like S tier, like he he is like up here as far as being an athlete. And then you're talking about a guy who has really good court vision, who's going to be able to get in the paint, create opportunities. I think, you know, maybe at four, you you look at you know a Jairus Walker or, or a Amon Thompson. But if you can get a, <clears throat> if you can get a Jalen Brown, I mean, obviously you're going to explore that. Like he, he made second team all NBA this season. Like that guy, that, that is an all NBA player. He's good. Um, so just, you know, long story short, basically it just kind of depends on what's on the table. Like to me, 
if you can get something better for that pick, you you have to explore. You have to make it known, like, hey, this pick is available, but we're not giving it away, right? Yeah. And so, other than that, though, I think there are still some guys on the board at four or five, and like, and I do like Anthony Black as well. I don't I don't know if I like him at at that high of a pick. I, I wish that we could um somehow do it like the Detroit Pistons did last year. They were able to move up and they were able to get Jaden Ivey and they were able to get um they both, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran. Yeah. And, and and I know that's not easy to do. Right. But um sometimes if if there's a guy that you've identified and you like him, you saw we saw the Texans do that. Like they identified that they and, and people disagree with it. You know, right? Like some people well not everybody, but some people disagree with the fact that they, they drafted CJ Stroud number two and then they gave up a lot of assets to move up to number three to pick Will Anderson. But on their board, they identify like, hey. If we get these two guys, I think that we'll be in a, posi- a better position for our franchise moving forward. So, like for me, like I think the te- the, uh, the 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 Rockets, if they are able to like move up from that twenty position with that pick and all, and and move back into the lottery and like snag another guy, um, that would be to me like that would be that would be like best case scenario. Like if you can move up and get like a guy like Anthony Black, you know, yeah. uh, could I add though? I, I feel like it, it 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 also. It also depends on, and I think we know the answer to this part, how how quickly are they trying to get good again? And I think we all would agree that that is, we are at the point now after the last three years that, that we've experienced that they're at like, hey, way sooner rather than later. So, yeah. so, so in this scenario where they fall out of the top three, kind of going back to the point, okay, so what, once you fall out of the top three, what option, again, depending on what's available, what option makes you better? sooner drafted Armin Thompson or like f- finding you know one of the options that I that we just mentioned or trying to package that for Jalen Brown and, and that's why I feel like that's what they would lean toward like the almost as a consolation prize for not being able to get Victor Wimiyama or yeah. not being able to get Scoot Henderson we say the types of players that you feel like even as rookies are the types of players that change your trajectory as a team short term and long term okay I can't get that type of player so now what do I do? And those other guys that we're talking about probably don't do that for you, you know, or are or, or far less likely to do that for you than to say to use that to go package and get Jalen Brown if that's an option. So, so yeah, I, and, if, I, and if you bring James Harden back, if you bring James Harden back, he's obviously <laughs> probably going to want like a veteran to come in with him. So yeah. I think that kind of changes too. like, unfortunately, and I know and I know a lot of people are, are completely against James Harden coming back in general and then also if james harden comes back and then you're moving like some of your assets to bring in veteran players they don't like that idea either uh but i mean like if we're if we're being realistic like if james harden does indeed come back like and that pick falls to four i think it's for sale because james harden is probably gonna want another veteran dude alongside with him to pair with it's him. like lebron james when he came back to cleveland and they had the number one pick they end up trading it for Kevin Love. They didn't go and, you know, draft on uh, Wiggins. They end up trading him um, to Minnesota so that they could bring over Kevin Love because LeBron James wouldn't, didn't want to play with a number one pick. He didn't want to have to go through, you know, the process of trying to get them up to speed. And he was trying to win a championship. And I think that's the same thing that happened with James Harden. Like you said, they would probably package that pick if it's outside of top three because if James Harden is coming back, more than likely – it's probably a shorter term deal than he probably would like. Cause I just, I just don't see the Rockets giving him a four year deal. Even a three year deal seems kind of, you know, too long of a period for a person that's already 
approaching 34, 35 years old. So that would definitely be something that they would look for. They would look to probably try to trade and bring in somebody else. Before we move on to the next topic, I want to ask both of y'all. Uh, y'all were kind of speaking about you know the possibility of trading that pick. Is there anybody on the team that you would not trade to um, – Oh, that you would not attach to that pick to bring over a player like a Jalen Brown or to me, I guess it would have to be a star level player or higher. You're not going to probably bring him over for some, you know, player that's like a, you know, even a Fred Van Vliet's a uh, free agent, that level player. You're looking for somebody that's going to probably eventually become a superstar. So is there anybody that you wouldn't trade on the Rockets attached to that pick? And I'll start with you, Brandon. Yeah. So for me, I struggle with trading any of the core guys for Jalen Brown, like, look, so let's, let's just start off by making this point right now, as we sit here and as we speak, Jalen Brown is a better player than anybody that the Rockets could offer. Okay. So today, but the issue with like, so so let's just throw Jalen green's name out there. The issue with that is man, Jalen green and what he projects to be is just, and, and still not knowing, you know, after year two, still not having a, necessarily a good beat on hey is he gonna is he gonna get there you could you can see it you know you can clearly see where it's there it's like man do i want to trade away that potential of hey could this be the you know the best or second best player on the championship team for a guy who i know can be the second best player on a team that that went to the finals like what what is my risk versus reward and what's my appetite for risk there i struggle with i'll say this Like, so, you know, obviously qualified it right there. I mean, he's a better player right now. But do you want to do that? My my hesitation is on trading any of these core guys for Jalen Brown is just like he wants to test free agency, you know, once he becomes a free agent. Do would you want to sacrifice one of your core young pieces for a potential rental? And you would want to have maybe have some assurances if you were to bring him in, but you could never know. Or would you be willing to wait? I mean, you're going to, you have money now, you're going to have money then. So would you be willing to wait on perhaps enticing Jalen Brown in free agency, as opposed to giving up an essential asset, like one of these guys that, that is where I struggle with it. Player value standpoint, like I could totally see it and understand it. I'm personally hesitant to do it because I feel like there are better ways to go about it. And, And especially if, especially if that pick, falls out of the top three. I mean, now you're really talking about a different kind of situation there. Um, so so I, I'm I'm hesitant to do so. I, w- I would lean towards no, even though I would understand how it would make sense. Yeah. And what about you, Vader? Jalen Brown, um, I have some untouchables. Uh, let's say, uh, let's say Luka Doncic, like suddenly said, hey, uh, I want out of Dallas. Y'all are terrible. I hate it here. <laughs> The city is not this. I don't like this city. Uh, the Cowboys play here, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> if Luka Doncic requests out of uh, Dallas, uh, my untouchable list probably like goes down to zero. And that's yeah. and that's with me saying that, I, you know, I really love a lot of guys on this roster. Like to me, yeah. um, like I don't trade Jalen Green because I like like Brandon was saying, I think that Jalen Green projects to be at least a player similar to Jalen Brown. I think that he has shown that he can probably be a better ball handler and better at facilitating. Like those are the two things that Jalen Brown struggles with kind of. Um, yeah. And I think that we saw enough like development from Jalen Green and his like, he wasn't supposed to be able to um, 
ISO and create his own shot and get his own buckets like that, like like what we saw him doing this this past season. Um, he had, you know, like, and he wasn't supposed to be able to like create, you know, opportunities for other guys. And we saw him have some really good assist games this year too, where he just like was getting to his free throw rate was like pretty insane for a second year guard. So like I see, I just I just see a lot of stuff with Jalen Green where I'm not comfortable like including him in the package um, necessarily. Uh, and then as far as, especially depending on what else you give up. And and then you also have to consider like Jalen Breen is going to be signed to what, like a, a almost a $300 million contract. <laughs> so um, yeah. I don't know. It's just a lot of things you have to take into consideration. So um, I don't, I don't know if I trade Jalen. I, I, I wasn't as high on Jabari as a lot of people at the beginning of the year, but I saw towards the end of the season, uh, some things that I did not expect to see from him as far as him like operating at the elbow, him being able to get in that in that short corner and in the low post, like some of the stuff that he did this season, um, even creating his own shot. Like I know he doesn't necessarily like have this extensive dribble package. I mean, he doesn't, let's just be honest. But I saw him create his own shot well enough to like um take a couple dribbles, make a move and and just raise up and shoot over people. And when you're talking about a dude that's 6'10", 6'11", with his with his body type, like that's all he really needs to be able to do. And so, like, mm-hmm. he's a guy who I'd hesitate to trade. Um, Alperen Shingun is controversial in the community just because, like, you don't know, like, he if he is going to be what maybe he can be offensively, then you you do what you have to do to build a team around him to cover for his weaknesses. But he does have some weaknesses um, on the defensive defensive end, and you see like a team like Denver, and like he's not on uh, Jokic's level, you know, obviously. Uh, but they established that like he was able to be like this force offensively to where hey, we got to make this work. <laughs> like this guy is so good that we have to make it work. Shingun's not there yet, but if he ever reaches a point where you like, man, I feel like he's he's worth it. Like we have to put we have to draft or bring in guys through free agency or trade that we can put around Shangun to make this work, then like he's a guy who I hesitate to trade. I don't know if he's untouchable for me, but I hesitate to trade him because I do honestly think that he's going to be better than um, Sabonis over in Sacramento just because I watched Sabonis in the playoffs this season and I saw like a guy who you could not, you can't dump Sabonis the ball and create offense. Like you can dump the ball to Shangun. Like he's good at the high post and like with dudes cutting and stuff like that. But Shangun is a guy who like, if you don't come double Shingun, Shingun is going to score on you. Yeah, you can run the offense through him. Yeah, yeah, you can run the offense. You can legitimately and Sabonis. You ran. They ran the offense through him. But like when I when I really like sat down and I dissected and watched the games like I did this playoffs, I saw that he has some weaknesses to his game that that Shingun doesn't necessarily even have at twenty years old. Like he he is better at Shingun in some things, but I think those are things that Shingun can work on. So like I hesitate to trade Shingun too, but. Like I said, like it just depends on who's available, and and but for me, those are the three guys that I really would like to keep. Um, I think Tari Eason has some some like potential there, just because he's a dog and he he just kind of does pretty much everything on the court. But outside of that, like to me, like you 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 have to do what you have to do in order. To, I hate to take the Daryl Morey asset approach, hmm. but um, I mean, at the end of the day, like what is your ultimate goal? Your ultimate goal is to is to win. And so sometimes you have to make a tough decision. And that means, uh, you know, a lot of guys on this team that you like from from last season, 
um, probably won't be here in, in, in 2023, 24 season. And, and that's just yeah. a reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I mean, we all know we've been watching basketball long enough. The team that you start with when a rebuild is probably not the team you're going to be seeing when the team finally starts to win. So uh, we're probably going to see some changes coming up this season. And a part of that is going to be free agency. Um, that's going to be the next big step for the Rockets is who they bring in free agency. And we all know the big names. We know the James Hardens. We know the Fred Van Vliet's. Uh, we know the players like that, that a lot of people are talking about. But in this segment, we want to kind of talk about the under the radar type players that maybe some people may not be thinking about, but they actually may have a huge, uh, just a big impact uh, on the on the team coming up in this next season. Uh, so, Brandon, I kind of want to start with you. Who are some free agents that you're looking at that the Rockets could bring in that may not be like big splashy names, but but can uh, bring value to a team that's trying to actually finally win this season? Man, does it not feel like the way the discourse has played out with this James Harden thing that almost every name that's not James Harden is under the radar. <laughs> yeah, because like that's all, all we're talking about. <laughs> and I know, like, we're, we're knee-deep in it, so we've got other names, but it it yeah. feels like, and especially since the James Harden thing has been the worst-kept secret for so long now, it's just yeah. like, man, so it almost feels like any name that's not James Harden is sort of under the radar. I'm, I'll tell you guys, man, I'm a Seth Curry guy. I'm a Seth Curry. Like, if we're going truly... If we're truly going under the radar, not an yeah. obvious name, you know, Cam Johnson would be a name that I would say is kind of borderline obvious, maybe not so obvious. Depends on how knee deep in the weeds do you get into this. But yeah. that's that would be a kind of another name that I would be interested in at least looking at uh, because this, let's just be real about it, man. We know what what the Rocket struggles were, man. They yeah. They couldn't shoot, man. They had no shooters on the team. <laughs> yeah. Like, like any, like when you arrive at a place where your best shooters are some combination of, and this is no disrespect to these guys, but your best shooters are some combination of like throughout the season. These are just guys that were on the team that were probably their best shooters. Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon, and Garrison Matthews. Like and Tari Eason. Tari Eason. And Tari Eason. And shout out to Tari. Like, yeah. those, that, that can't be it. We can't, yeah. that can't be what we're talking. Like, they need some knockdown shooting, man. They have, I feel like they have shot creators, shot makers, and yeah. Jabari, I know you mentioned Jabari earlier. If, if there was one disappointing thing about him for me was that that shot didn't ch- seem to translate the way I thought it was. Like, I, yeah. I came into the season with some assumptions about Jabari for all the development that we expected, that that, that, that jumper was just going to be wet immediately mm-hmm. and knockdown jumper yeah. immediately. It was not. But I do think eventually, because I mean the form is there, the work ethic is there. Like he's got the intangibles. You figure, hey, that's that's going to correct itself as he develops. You figure that's going to be fine. But to the point, they don't have enough knockdown shooting. So when I look through the list of free agents, when I think of names, I start thinking about guys that can help them with the things that they just did so poorly, which was and that they didn't have, which was shooting. They didn't have a whole lot of shooting. They either at times couldn't defend or wouldn't defend or and, and at times it was a little bit of a mixture of both, you know, an inability and a lack of willingness at times, which was disappointing. But so that that's where the Cam Johnson name comes up. You're like, OK, who can help them become a better defensive team? Who are some guys that can knock down shots and what are the names that stick out? Those are two that that kind of kind of stick out to me off top. I know we're, we're watching the playoffs right now. We're going to talk about the playoffs, I'm sure, at some point. You know, Max Struess is a name 
that that comes to mind when I'm just talking about guys who can yeah. knock down shots and we're and we're talking about under the radar or underrated, not like a frontline guy. Those are some names that that kind of stand out to me. Um, I, obviously, we've addressed and hopefully they address the point guard situation. Um, we, you know, we were, when we were talking about the draft and the and the Thompson twin, I was also thinking about how if they were to get a point guard, whether in the draft or free agency, how that could make Kevin Porter Jr. so much better because I think there's just so much potential there if he's not miscast the way he is, if he's put in a role that allows him to really be Kevin Porter Jr. I used to always say this, man. We were having, like, in the heart of this discussion, like, before he was for sure, for sure, their full-time point guard, and we're like, hey, can he be a point guard kind of thing? I'm like, man, can he just be Kevin Porter Jr.? Thank you. Can he just be, can we not, can we not try to, like, square peg round hole this guy and, like, just let him be whatever he is? Um, So, and I think getting a point guard would allow them to do that. You know, um, so so those are those are the ways that I that I kind of think about it, like shooters, guys who can defend. Seth Curry doesn't actually fit that description. He's more of just kind of the knockdown shooter type. But yeah. Bruce Curry and, and of course, Cam Johnson are the names that I kind that kind of stick out to me. And there, there are, of course, plenty of others. But those are the few that I give you here. Yeah. And you kind of stole one of my people uh, that I was going to throw out there because Seth Curry is the exact type of person the Rockets need. They, they need a specialist. They need somebody that can come in. He shot 40% his entire career. Um, he It has been a season where he shot under 40% from three. He's not going to be a, a type of person that needs the ball in his hand all the time. He's going to be there for shooting. And when you're the worst shooting team in the league, and the Rockets got to a point where they just stopped even shooting threes. And we know that's a recipe for disaster in today's NBA is when you're only shooting 20 threes a game. That's not going to work, especially when you're not a good defensive team on top of that. That kind of just led to the Rockets just having trouble even scoring on the offensive end a lot of nights. So, yeah, Seth Curry is a, is a great name, and exactly was one of the names I was going to throw out there. Uh, before I get into my list, I want to let Vader uh, kind of give some names that he was thinking of. I want to start with a name that I don't want. Like I'm, I was looking at the list and I'm like, um, and some people may disagree, but like, I don't think I want, I don't want Dylan Brooks here. And I, and, and the reason why is because like he can't shoot. Right. So like we talked about like some of our, and, and I've I seen like on Twitter, um, some people were saying like, he's, he's, he's going to be like Patrick Beverly 2.0. Patrick Beverly could shoot three pointers when he was here. Like, I don't know if y'all remember that or not, but like, uh, one of the things that got Patrick Beverly on the floor over Jeremy Lin was the fact that he was a more consistent three-point shooter and he defended. Um, you're bringing in a Dylan Brooks, who is an inconsistent three-point shooter, and then he brings all this other like weird stuff with him. Like, we don't need that. We got enough problems already. <laughs> People complaining about Jalen Green painting his fingernails. They, they complaining about the cultures. Yeah, yeah, like, we don't we need don't, that. I, don't, no. I do not want this dude on the team, man. Like, um, like I respect his hustle. Like I'm never going to knock anybody's hustle. Like he's able to stay in the NBA by being like this antagonist, by being this irritant. Um, and, and yeah, I think every, every championship team needs kind of like a guy who can come in and, and kind of like get under other people's skin or at least defend like, like the Sixers have PJ Tucker and PJ Tucker doesn't like fit that mode as far as like being like getting under people's skin, but he's just a hard nosed guy. And that's kind of, to me, that's what we need. We need a hard-nosed guy. I don't need all, like, the antics and all the, like, you know, theatrics and stuff that Dylan Briggs brings, the 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 the, the media quotes and the sound bites. And, yeah. like, all he's doing is putting stuff on other teams' chalkboards. And, we like, we don't need that. We, like I said, we have enough issues right now. Um, 
uh, apparently other people around the NBA think that we are worse off than uh, teams who have been historically worse than we have been, like, which is crazy. Like, I, I saw something today where uh, they were saying, like, people around the league think that that Wimbiama would be better off in, in places other than Houston. Um, and when you look when you look at the other top teams and the, the other teams in the lottery who have a, you know, realistic shot of getting him, you're talking about who? Like, the Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets? Who like do we need to talk about bridges? <laughs> do we need to yeah. talk about some of the stuff we've seen on social media, like with bridges and and even Lamelo? Like, let's be yeah. serious. And then uh, who else? Detroit Pistons. They've had like one winning season in how many years? It's been like over a decade. Like they have not been a good basketball team. Um, we're talking about the Spurs, who just had a controversy with the player who had who they drafted in the lottery that they had to cut. But you know. The Rockets, for some reason, are being uh, held to this standard and 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 held up as like this is the most dis- dysfunctional uh, franchise in the NBA, and I just think that is completely unfair. So, yeah, I, I just don't I don't like that. So yeah, as far as like free agents, not like like Dylan Brooks, like I wish him best of luck wherever he goes, uh, but like I don't want him on the Rockets. Um, and then I looked down the list and I saw guys that have like that look good on paper, but they have other issues like injury concerns and. I mean, you, you have your Chris Middletons, who is a good player. You have your Christoph Przingis, who would be awesome here if he was healthy, uh, yeah. but he he can't stay healthy. You have Kyrie Irving, who, you know, comes mm-hmm. with Kyrie Irving baggage. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think some sneaky under-the-radar, like, pickups, like a guy like Brooke Lopez. Like, Brooke Lopez yeah. could um, anchor our defense. Like, we he, he'd give us, like, a change of uh, – he'd give us a different look defensively. Like, that guy – um transfer you know he transformed his career like when he first came in he was known as this like offensive guy right and now he's uh you know and he was kind of known as a a a post scorer and now he's you know he shoots threes and he plays defense and you know i I think he would be a good fit you know short-term fit here you know obviously you wouldn't offer him a long-term contract i do think we do have to overpay guys just because like yeah they're not gonna come here you know like if, if somebody offers this guy 20 million and we offer him 20 million like he's going to probably go somewhere else just because where we are in, in the phase of the rebuild so i do think you're going to have to overpay guys but i think that's okay if the, as long as the contracts are like two years you know one year two years maybe you know uh, i think when you get to three you might be pushing a little but i like brick lopez um jacob purtle i don't know if i'm saying his name correctly you know those those four uh, names jacob jacob purtle jacob that's what uh, that, that's also what we used to say if like like if you hit a jump shot yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yakum. Brandon knows. yeah you want to oh, yeah. somebody and you yeah. like you hit that thing Yakum. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I somebody but but i remember though back in the day <laughs> Just on the strength of that name alone, like I want to move Jakob up to you know up you know top five on the free agency list. Let's bring him in yeah. just so we can do that. But like he's a guy who like he went to the Raptors and he he helped them a lot. Like I think he yeah, do a lot. He of was good starting. Yeah, yeah, he he do a lot of good things on this team. Um, I'm not not big on plant plant pan uh, Fred Van Vliet the, the max. I know some guys yeah. like that idea. I I'd rather like if we're gonna Absolutely bring in a vet. Not. We're gonna bring in a vet point guard. Like I'm okay with that, but like I don't want to. Like I, I think because he does have these big games and playoffs at times, and he has shown like he's a gamer. I think people think 
uh, Fran VanVleet is somebody that he isn't. Like, if you like really dig into like his statistics and as far as like what he does, um, I think people think that he's like this pure point guard who's going to get to the basket and finish at the rim. And he he's not that he's not that at all. Um, so like for me, like Cam Johnson obviously fits a need as far as like being a an outside shooter, being able to be like a three and D wing. So like for me, like Lopez, Cam Johnson, Yaka Pirtle, um, those are some guys to me that like come to mind as far as like just filling needs that we need because, um, you know, we got to get better defensively. We have to get better at shooting threes. We were the worst three pointing three point shooting team in the NBA this season. And like, you're not going to win. You're not going to win any basketball games in the NBA when you can't shoot threes. So, yeah. uh, and Seth, so like you said, Seth Curry would be a sneaky pickup. And I think he's a guy that's attainable. You can actually get him. Yeah. Yeah. And y'all both, actually, that's another name that I had on my list was Pirtle. Um, you know, he's a, a legitimate seven footer, something a Rockets need. They don't have size on this team at all. Yes, I know they have Boban, but I mean, somebody actually is going to play legitimate minutes. They don't have enough size on this team. Even though they were a much better rebounding team, probably the best rebounding team in the league this year, it was a lot of times where teams would just get into the paint and be able to easily score against the Rockets because they just did not have their size inside. So someone like Perder would be perfect. I don't think you would have to break the bank to bring him over. Now it'd be a matter of whether he'd be willing to come off the bench because you're either going to have Shangoon here or if Shangoon's not here, it's probably because you have Victor Wimbiyama and you decided, well, Shangoon would probably have to move on from him because he's not going to want to come off the bench. But either way, you're going to have one of those two guys here. So it'd be a matter of would a Brooke Lopez want to come off the bench? Would a Pirtle want to come off the bench? Um, but that's definitely the type of play I think the Rockets need to be going after. Another one was Nas Reed. He's a probably one of the best best backup centers in the league as far as on the offensive end he doesn't give you a lot on the defensive end so that's kind of why i'm a little bit hesitant on bringing him over but as far as offensively there's not there's not a lot of much better players uh at the center position when it comes to scoring uh like Nas reed um another guy that i think is actually what dylan brooks think he is is josh hart even though he did struggle a little bit in the playoffs I think he's the type of player that would fit perfectly on the Rockets. He's hard nosed. Um, he he's not always, you know, like you were saying with Dylan Brooks, where he's always a lot of his, you know, notoriety comes from his talking. It doesn't come from his playing. Even though you know Josh Hart has his moments where he's like meme worthy and stuff like that, but he's not always giving people bulletin board material. He out there playing hard. He gets a lot of offensive rebounds. Probably one of the best rebounding guards in the league. Plays good defense. I think that's another type of player that the Rockets could target. Because um, at the end of the day, you don't want to have to go and give somebody a four or five year contract and paying them $40, 50000000 million a year um, like you would have to do with like a James Harden or a Fred VanVleet. To me, I think the Rockets are at the point now where they need to be smart. Even though they have the money, they need to be smart on who they bring in. They need to bring in. I would bring in three or four players like a Josh Hart, like a Seth Curry, them trying to bring in a, just one big name player. And then you're using a majority of your money just on that one player. So I'd, I'd rather like have Josh Austin Reeves. Here. I'd rather have Austin Reeves than Fred VanVleet. Honestly, yeah. Uh, honestly, yeah. Because uh, honestly, you probably you're gonna have to pay Austin Reeves. He's making some big time money I in think these the playoffs. Try to pay him, but I think they're limited on what they can offer. I don't him. think they're gonna be able to afford him. I, I don't know if he's a restricted free agent. I don't think he is. I think he actually is uh, 
unrestricted free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I read something, and I don't know how how ac- he's restricted, he is restricted. I guess, he but he's restricted. He's, okay, he's restricted. Yeah. For but agent, I think but... they're limited on what they can offer him. So, like, if yeah. a team comes in and offers him something like above what they can pay, I think he you might be able to poach him. And I think that yeah. he's a guy who has like he like the second half of the season, like he got to the basket a lot and he drew a lot of fouls. I, I saw it, and then the reason I saw that is because I was looking at something for, as far as Jalen Green. Uh, how Jalen Green was getting to the basket and drawing fouls. Austin Reeves was right there. And so, like, yeah. you're talking about another guy who can be like a foul merchant who can get to the basket. He makes winning plays. He hustles. He does a lot of the stuff that we want our guys to do as far as, like, you know, diving for loose balls, like, playing, you know, giving 110%. Like, he's a guy, like, like for me, like, if you're talking about bringing in a guy who had, who still has some upside potential, who's still pretty young, I mean, he's 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 older, you know, considering when he came into the NBA, but, like, that's a guy who I think he can actually play basketball, and I think he would help the Rockets a lot. Y- y- y'all hey. saw him. Uh, y'all saw him cook Steph Curry the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's I actually did. been their point guard a lot of times. LeBron, you actually see LeBron gets the rebound, and he's looking for Austin Reeves to actually bring the ball up and start the offense even more than D'Angelo Russell a lot of times. So he's actually taking over a lot me, of point guard role. You might be able to talk me into throwing a bag at Austin Reeves. Like if, if we're really like – Now, what are we talking about as a bag? What 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 are we talking about? We're talking about $25 million a year? Not that what, much. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Not that much. Not that much. That's, well, that's, 20, you know today, in today's NBA, that's that yeah. that's a bag for an Austin for 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 a Reeves like that. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying this is who he is, and and I hope I'm not doing this cause, just because he's the white guy. But like, that's Ch- <laughs> it's Chandler Parsons vibes. It's like, hey, they give you, they show uh, you a flash of like, hey, what could that guy be? And it's like you give him the bag, and and I'm, I'm not saying that's what he is, but. You know that would that it the, the price would matter, but Jordan I, I like, Jordan pool money, yeah. Ooh, boy, <laughs> boy. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. I, to me, like he's a better. This is gonna sound crazy, maybe, but like from what I've seen, like if if you told me I could put either Jordan <laughs> Pool or or Austin Reeves on the Rockets next year at the same oh, yeah. amount of money, I'm going to take Austin Reeves. I'm taking Austin Reeves. For intangibles, just from the intangibles. Yeah. Like, I've seen, like, he's a higher percentage three-point shooter. Um, he gets to the basket. He he draws fouls. Like, better oh, facilitator. Jordan Poole, though, so not to go on a tangent, but Jordan Poole is just so unserious defensively. Like, <laughs> he is horrible. My like, God. if you're talking about, like, from a Rockets context, okay, and we're specifically on the Rockets now on that, he could not. I don't. I don't care how close to Steph Curry he. You know how much he's hung out with Steph Curry over the last few years. Like he is, and especially based off of the way the Rockets would play defense at times, not all the time, but at times last year, that is just somebody who I could not welcome into this environment. Like I, I need the exact opposite of that. Okay, and and, that, and that, I could at least give Austin Reeves that much credit. And that's you know aside from his playmaking ability, like. My God, that that would be somebody that I would look at. Like if you're coming in with Jordan Poole level effort on defense, you know you're you're bringing this outfit down. You're bringing yeah. this Rockets outfit down. I, I did want to make this quick comparison though, since you mentioned uh, since, uh, Vader was talking about Fred VanVleet not being yeah. the guy, and uh, and there was another player that was oh and and Lashar, you talked about uh, Josh Hart kind of being one yeah. of y'all. Josh Hart is a guy that I feel like. Josh Hart is the guy that Dylan Brooks exactly. thinks he is, like you said. And then I feel like 
Jalen Brunson is the guy that people talk about Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> Van Vliet. Like, <laughs> Great like he, like I'm not saying Fred Van Vliet thinks he's Jalen Brunson, but the way people talk yeah, about him is like I he's Jalen Brunson. So yeah. those are those are some parallels I thought about when y'all were talking about this. Yeah, yeah, that's great parallels because, like I said, Dylan Brooks is more talked than anything else. Josh Hart actually goes out and performs and does what you know Dylan Brooks says he's going to do. And the same thing with Fred Van Vliet is a good player. Don't get me yeah, wrong, right? But he exactly. has a lot more limitation than people like to admit right. to that you don't see from like a Jalen Brunson. Like Jalen Brunson, you can give him the ball and he will go out there forty eight minutes. He will be the main guy. Fred Van Vliet have these great games, and then next thing you look up, he's disappearing, and you don't even know where he is on the court. So, yeah, those are like two great players. And can we give Jalen Brunson some props for what he did last night? I mean, he he almost, like, backpacked and carried uh, the Knicks to a victory over the Heat by himself with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett deciding not to even show up and play this basketball game. And, you know, like, I feel like I – Last year, last season, when he was on the Mavericks, I was like, okay, Julian Brunson looks all right. You know, I didn't know how he was going to perform with the Knicks. Like, he's exceeded my expectation. That dude Absolutely, is a hooper. Yeah. Like, like I'm a, I'm a Jalen Brunson fan now, and I, I never would have thought I would have said that last season. But, like, he, yeah. he made a believer out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely had a great play, you know, great playoffs up until they're getting knocked out. And that's kind of what we're, I want to finish uh, the show is kind of talking a little bit about the playoffs. We saw the action last night. We saw uh, the Knicks get knocked out. We saw uh, finally the Golden State Warriors. We can finally stop hearing that the Golden State Warriors have never lost to a playoff series to yes. a Western Conference team. So I'm yes, getting tired so of hearing tired. about that. So yes. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about that. So thank God. And that maybe we can bury the game six clay stuff. Cause he's been horrible the last several game sixes, by the way. So we can probably finally bury that narrative as well. So uh, Brandon, what's kind of been your just overall thoughts um, have the playoffs went kind of how you thought they would, or have there been any surprises? Like maybe the fact that Denver is actually a lot better than people were giving credit for. Yeah, Denver is my, from a team standpoint, Denver is the one for me, like, and I think there's a, there is legitimate reason for this, for sleeping on Denver, and it's not even Denver's fault, like, like this team's fault. It's just the fact that the Nuggets, you talk about, I was making fun of Jordan Poole being unserious on defense, like Denver, as far as being a a championship contender, has for the most part, for like most of our lives, and I know we're all somewhere between the mid-30s to into our 40s, like, for most of our lives, for the most part, they have been not a championship contender, even when they've been yeah. good. Even when they went to the Western Conference Finals a decade, a little bit, decade plus ago, like with Carmelo, like that, they have not been, like no one thought that that was a legitimate championship team yeah. for as good as they were at that time. So it's just been hard to, I think, conceive of Denver as a championship team. But if you just isolated it, take it for what it is and for what this team is, man, they are super talented on the top end and they're deep. Like, like their yeah. star power is, I think, perfectly aligned when you go from Jokic, the pecking order of Jokic, perfect casting. Jokic is the main guy, the central casting figure. And then from Murray to Michael Porter Jr. and really everything that's around him from there, like it's just, it's a good team with stars and it's deep. It's the deepest team that's, that's in the playoffs. And I, I don't think I was giving them enough credit for that, even though we saw plenty of them, right? We, I mean, they watched the regular season. They obviously played the Rockets. Like we, 
we, we've seen Denver. We've known that they were good and everything. They were the number one seed for a reason, like Kevin Durant said, when somebody asked him if he was surprised by Denver. It's like, no, nah, I'm not surprised. Like We probably should not have been surprised, probably should have given them a little bit more credit and respect on the front end, which yeah. is why I'm doing it now on the back end. Like, kind of like you were doing better just now with Jalen Brunson. I think I gave a little bit, didn't give them a, a put enough respect on their name coming into the playoffs. So they've earned that, I feel like. Um, and, and they're going to be a, just a, a tough out. Like, you know, the I'm trying to picture them and like what, what them and that, and that Lakers series is going to exactly look like. I think it's going to be really fun, but yeah. that's been my, that's been the team. And then the player for me, man, like Devin Booker was that guy until like Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's maybe the other surprise is that yeah. Phoenix would in back-to-back -back years in the season with <laughs> gutless performances like that. Like at home. At home, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. At home, season on the line, and to, to put up a gutless, like embarrassing performance like that with guys with like all-time guys. I know Chris Paul didn't play, but like Kevin Durant is an all-timer. Devin Booker is like showing himself to be like I think one of the better players of, of now of his generation which is a much younger generation than what we're talking about I think with Kevin Durant we're like talking about the next generation of players he's gonna be like uh, you know among the elite of those guys you know so like to, to end the season like that man for a second straight year that part surprised me I don't know I don't know how, how I'm gonna look at Phoenix the same when the playoffs come next year I don't know how I'm gonna be able to unsee two years in a row even if they do have guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the team, but but player wise, to get kind of get back to my point was Jimmy Butler, man. Jimmy yeah. Butler, like the the Jimmy Butler story, the Tom Miami, Ball, Jimmy Butler, yeah, Tom Ball zone, and shout you know shout out to Tom Ball, the North Side, and everybody, all y'all out there, man. Like Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat as a test. So Jimmy Butler as a testament to like hard work, perseverance, getting it out of the mud, and far more talented than probably he was ever given credit for until recently. Yeah. And then the Miami Heat as an organization, which we we know that they are a world-class organization. They've been for a long time, but here's another display. Here's another example exhibit, if you will, of the Miami Heat as an organization. And this is not to like stroke the Miami Heat too much, but like, yo, credit where it's due, you know, as an eight yeah. seed to be where you are to knock off uh, a, a titan, a giant in uh, or a Goliath type in uh, a Giannis led Milwaukee team, you know, and 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 to be in this position, like I, I just got to give Miami all the credit in the world, uh, and namely Jimmy Butler, uh, who I think has been impressive. But those are the things that have stood out to me, man. It's just the the playoffs overall have been compelling. I was mentioning this before we even started recording that despite some of the injuries. And despite some of the things that turn me off about the game, like unnecessary flagrant fouls, reviewing everything to see if it's a flag, everything that looks a little dicey is a flagrant. And we're going to throw Dennis Schroeder out the game because him and, and Draymond Green dare to acknowledge, acknowledge each other's presence. And like, you know, there, there are things about the game that, that bother me and make me feel like I'm getting old real quick. But, <laughs> but the quality of the, the, competition the quality of the actual players themselves is just impressed me even as somebody that watched the regular season on a regular basis i'm like man it, the, the playoffs truly is a different like kind of animal like and we yeah. knew this already but man when you're watching it when you're observing it I, maybe even so when 
regular seasons are becoming more disappointing over the years. The playoffs, though, are still what they are, what they've always been. Like NBA playoff basketball to me has not dropped off, even with some of those uh, with some of those pitfalls that I mentioned. So Denver uh, and Denver as a success story. Phoenix as a disappointment story. And obviously Miami is just kind of confirming what we already knew about them. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Who knew about Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Caleb Martin? And I mean, they just keep pulling these players out of nowhere that nobody's ever even heard of. And these players are going out there and performing like at the highest level. I mean, yeah. just even outside of Jimmy Butler. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually kind of insane how good of a coach also Eric Spolter is. I mean, he didn't get a lot of credit for the big, when the big three was there, of course, because LeBron, they, you know, most people figured it was LeBron and, you know, D Wade and Chris Bosh, why they went, what was winning, but they just keep on winning regardless of who's there. And now it's Jimmy Butler. And I, I, like you said, I don't think people still give Jimmy Butler enough credit just because, you know, he's not a flashy type of player. He's not going out there just dunking on everybody. He's not taking 30 foot step back threes. He's just going out there and, continuously winning every single season. So, yeah, I mean, Miami, he's been like the biggest surprise to me. Um, even just because with Denver, I mean, Jokic is just a – he's just a top two player, top three player in the league. So, I mean, he's doing what exactly he's supposed to do. But, man, Miami, they've been a huge surprise. Um, Vader, what's been kind of your thoughts on the playoffs so far? I'm going to stick with Jimmy Butler right now because that's what we're talking about. But, like, two things come to my mind <clears throat> immediately. Jimmy Butler this year and this uh, – Dreadlock Jimmy Butler when he came back from the summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what my man was doing when he put the extensions in and got the dreadlocks, but like I was like, yeah. oh. So when he when he came back from um, off season with the dreadlocks, like I was like, oh, what's going on with Jimmy Butler? But we got playoff Jimmy Butler back, man. Like he yeah. is in full effect. And so like whenever I see playoff Jimmy Butler, the other thing that comes to my mind is uh, when he said. Tobias Harris over me, Tobias Harris over me. Yeah. Like, if you haven't seen that, um, because it was a, a shot at the, the Sixers because he felt like they chose Tobias Harris over him. And in retrospect, I mean, that's that is a that is a bad that's some bad GMing right there. Like, yeah, I mean, Especially no, if they lose tomorrow, Tobias Harris, he's been <laughs> yeah. a good player for them, but like Jimmy Butler has been a guy who probably could have put them over the top in, in playoff situations. And the one time when they looked like they had an opportunity to go to the finals, you know, if not for that Kawhi Leonard miracle shot, who was on the team? Jimmy Butler. What you about to yeah. say, buddy? I, hey, since you mentioned that, I, I, I got to jump in. Is that the most underrated misstep in the process? Because the pro- think about that. Think about all the ways that the Sixers – messed up with the process and, and ultimately the process was a was semi a success because they did get Joel and beat out of the mix okay so you can yeah. look at it from that standpoint and say well they got an MVP, uh, MVP guy perennial all NBA type of guy so that's great but think about all the missteps in the process from man the like Joel Okafer yeah Jaleel uh, Markel Fultz Markel Fultz, uh, uh, Michael Carter Williams, um, all all of these cats. And like, those are the ones that stand out, the draft picks. But underrated in all of that was Tobias Harris over Jimmy Butler, a part of the process that didn't even include draft tanking and drafting necessarily. You know, it it was about 
deciding which one of these transplants you were going to invest in. And they decided on the wrong one out of all of the things that they messed up in the process. That that on black. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. Uh, that might uh, be the Wesley Snipes reference. Yeah. Hey, that is, hey, that is it. got a bet on black, baby. Yeah, but yeah, man, like that was crazy. Like when you look at that in retrospect, that they kept, you know, Tobias Harris, who who is a good player in his own right, but we're talking about Jimmy Butler now. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler has shown the past few seasons that like he is just something like in the playoffs, he is able to elevate his game and he's able to, you know, elevate his team. And so uh him being on the 76 it just makes them like, could you imagine him on the team with Embiid and Harden right now? Like it would be be crazy. They I don't I think they'd be the favorite. So yeah. Yeah, so like Jimmy Butler, they they could have they could have dread not to interrupt you again, but they could have y'all correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they could conceivably have a team that has obviously Joel Embiid on it, Jimmy Butler on it, and one of those drafts that they messed up, they could have had like Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, or, or maybe yeah. even Jalen Brown too. Like they on, could have on, had Mikael Bridges. They traded yeah, Mikael Bridges. There we go. There we go. Yeah. That's the one that I'm forgetting about. So, yeah, that's my little tangent. But, yeah. but I mean, yeah, you know, when you look back at it now, it's like, dang, the 76ers absolutely should have at least been to a finals by now. When you look at the fact that they could have had Jason Tatum, they could have had Mikael Bridges, you know, the whole situation with Ben Simmons, just kind of the wheels falling off on that. And then the fact that you 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 traded Jimmy Butler. Wow. Yeah. I mean, even Seth Curry, like they, they, they traded Seth Curry as part of that trade. And now they really don't have any shooting. And we saw that what happened last game with Boston. They couldn't make a shot. Nobody on the team could make an open shot. I mean, P.J. Tucker, yeah, he's great at yelling at people. And I understand the tangibles and stuff. But, man, I mean, he's just basically out there on the offensive end just standing. He might as well be sitting on the bench half the time because he does not do anything for the team yeah. on the offensive end. And yeah. we see teams like Boston is not even worried about guarding him. So, now you have to depend on the Anthony Melton. They even bringing in, you know, your boy Daniel House trying to get some offense. They just they don't have enough people around Harden and Embiid. And when Harden is struggling like he did last game, then Embiid is barely can even stay, you know, upright. I mean, I don't know. And that's kind of where I kind of want to finish. And I want to ask you, Vader, first, like, so what's kind of your predictions tomorrow? Like, who do you have, Boston or Philadelphia? my heart my heart says uh philly you know what i'm saying my heart says philly but like if i look at this team on paper boston has a better basketball team in my yes. opinion i just think boston um you know from the top to bottom is just a more deep and complete team so you're 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 relying on joel joel Embiid and james harden to have like herculean performances and we know that uh like i don't know like would you bet your money on that? Like, I love James Harden. <laughs> like, but if 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 you if you told me I had to bet like every penny I have in my bank account that James Harden is going to show up tomorrow and like, you know, have a you know at least a thirty point game, thirty points and ten like a you know like a vintage James Harden game, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm I don't know if I want to make that bet. Like he's he's been so up and down this not just this playoff series but for his whole playoff career, right? He had that amazing game one. He had he put up two stinkers in games two two and three. He had an amazing game four, and yeah. then like game five was decent, and then game six was just like uh, he started off okay, yeah. and then he yeah. tailed off. And so like I don't know what to expect from him, but I I feel like um, 
even Jason Tatum, that like that last game, you saw him like play bad for three quarters, but he had enough intestinal fortitude and he had enough mental, mental, like mental strength to just come out there in the fourth quarter and tune all that out and like look like the Jason Tatum that we expect him to look like, like the first team uh, NBA Jason Tatum. And see, like I, I just don't know. So like my heart is with with Philly. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Philly. I'm gonna say Philly's gonna win. But like if I had to actually place my money down on a bet, I think Boston just has advantages over them. That more uh, likely, uh, Harden ten turnovers or Harden thirty five plus points. Ten is a lot. Ten is a lot. Okay, I would say I would say I would say seven plus turnovers or he's gonna have 35 points or maybe he'll have both because he's done both of that before yeah so. that's that's that would be an interesting bit <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow is gonna be that that game seven tomorrow though like that is gonna that's be a legacy against, game man i'm clear like, whatever i have to do tomorrow i'm like clearing my <laughs> schedule it's, it's, is something happening tomorrow i don't, I don't know about nothing, that, special like, day nothing, or something there's only one game <laughs> like if, if if i have to go to somebody's birthday party i'm sorry i won't be there <laughs> like whatever it is. Oh, it's Mother's Day. Oh, well, mom. <laughs> hey, and why why am I sitting up here with with a mother and mother to my children thinking like what is tomorrow? What they talking about? Like Yeah, you know, oh, we we just joking. They, they yeah. tune in like we we knew what tomorrow yeah. was all along. I'm going to have to edit that part out, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so my wife yeah. Like, you don't hear that part. <laughs> dump that, that part, dump that. Yeah, no. Nah, yeah, like um, uh, whatever is happening like we going to have to re- we going to have to reschedule cuz I'm not missing that game. I'm sorry. And then so, um, Oh, and the Golden we can't we can't end the pod like the Golden State Warriors are dead. Oh, yeah. Like we we got to talk about that. And we did not mention that Draymond Green is also a free agent. I don't know how Oh, he's gone. Oh, man. I, I don't want him here, but he's going. Yeah. He's not. He's not coming back to Golden State. I, I don't see. I mean, uh, sure they can throw some money at, him, but I don't think Golden State wants to throw money at him. I think they're perfectly fine with Draymond. I think at this point, the negatives outweigh the positives when it comes to Draymond Green. I mean, if they can get rid of the podcast by itself, that's that's a win for Golden <laughs> State just by itself. So just forget about hey, all the other stuff you know that what? he does. You know what? Hey, <laughs> this might be a, this might be a hot take. But I would almost be more interested in Draymond Green just going to just go full on podcast. I don't, I don't really got to watch Draymond Green play basketball. Oh, man. No Can you imagine the stuff I, he I would say? Just a, yeah, just the, the <laughs> entertainment. Like I don't necessarily got to agree with anything he say. And it's not and, and it's not talked about enough. But Golden State really fumbled those draft picks. They yeah. had the second pick in the draft, and they drafted uh, Wiseman. Wiseman. Yeah, and they had yeah. that that Kaminga. Uh, yeah, and they drafted Kaminga like. You could have had, I mean, I, this, you know, people do this all the time as far as like, you know, redrafts and all of that, but like, could have had LaMelo Ball, you could have had Franz Wagner, you could have had Josh Gitt. Like, these yeah. are guys that actually fit the way that they play their play style. And you could have had those guys and you still could have extended your, 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 your dynasty out a few more seasons. And now, you know, they traded, they end up trading Wiseman for what, Gary Payton? Gary Payton, yeah. uh, the, the second, which is yeah. crazy. You know, and then you know, Kaminga doesn't play. So those are some things that that just kind of get you know glossed over. But they they kind of screwed those two draft picks. You know, so. It's, it's going to look a lot worse now that the you know Steph Curry and Clay Thompson is getting older. I think Clay Thompson, the days of him being a top shooting guard to me are over with. I mean, he can still be a good player, but he's not anywhere near the level that he used to be at. And you know, Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but at some point, he's just like anybody. He's going to get older and he's going to be, you know, phasing himself out of the league. And now you 
fumble, like you said, the Kaminga. Maybe Kaminga gets better, but right now I haven't really seen anything from Kaminga make me like, oh, yeah, Moses Moody is a decent player, but not like I'm sitting like, oh, he's going to take the next step. And then you gave all that money to Jordan Poole, so now you're tied to Jordan Poole. Now, who's going to trade for Jordan Poole at this point if you're trying to trade him? And Wiggins is a good player, but who's to say Wiggins is still going to be around? So Golden State finally may be on their way down, even though we've said this before, and maybe they can pull off some miracle trade and bring in a never Kevin Durant-type player, which would be just insane. But at this point, like you said, they've made a lot more mistakes than they have uh, than they made in the last several years, probably in the last couple years combined. So I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> so I'm perfectly fine with Golden State going down yeah. finally. <laughs> Hey, so b- before I go off on on the Golden State thing, I-, I wanted to go back real quick and just on the 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 Philly Boston thing. Yeah. My hang up, the the reason why I'm struggling with Game Seven and predicting it is because of the way both teams lost their the way they both teams lost their most recent losses. Like yeah. the 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 way Boston lost in Game five and the way philly lost at the the way they played at the end in both of those games in five and six made me feel bad about both teams going into the next game so like yeah. so like in game six i'm like hey you know the way boston ended that last game philly is closing this thing out and then philly comes out of the like, like man they kind of quit there in the last feel like mm-hmm. three Three minutes oh, of the yeah. game, it felt like. Stop playing. They put, a, they put a Cam Newton when he fumbled that ball in the Super yeah, Bowl. Exactly. Just looked at it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, so, like, my, uh, and I'm going to get back to Golden State, but, like, just to wrap that up, my take on it is just I don't really feel confident or good about either team. I know somebody has to win it, but based off of those two performances, it's hard to feel good about either one of those teams, which is what is going to make, to me, the East really interesting um, because there's going to be – you know, an eight seed and and a team that you kind of know is really good, but wonder about how they play sometimes or how they finish games sometimes. So that's kind of my, that's kind of my thing with that series. But I just, I would just echo the point that y'all are making about Golden State. And I think it's a, I think it's kind of a big deal because they had an opportunity here to really retool and like kind of not miss a beat to kind of transition into a new phase of, you know, a new phase of the Golden State era or dynasty or however you want to characterize it and a new phase that would still include Steph Curry. Like I, I think the players that are cooked are Clay Thompson. He's just not the same guy anymore. And then Draymond is just somebody that, I mean, you, you could stand to move on from just anyway, you know, uh, as you, as you kind of move on into, the, into this next phase. And I think that whole, like, I don't want to make too big of a deal about it, but I also don't want to minimize it the whole Jordan pool punch thing. Like I, I feel like that, that mattered more than maybe we yeah. wanted to actually acknowledge at the time. Kind of want to be like, well, guys get into fights and practice all the time. And this is just how locker rooms work and it's sports and yada, yada, yada. But I, my sense was that that was a little bit more foul than anybody could, could ever like more than what you could justify. And, and, I, and Jordan Poole wasn't the same after that. And you can yeah. see even his, even his demeanor on the sideline on the bench is it's, it's different than what it was last season. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that that really mattered in how that kind of fractured the team and, and kind of speaking to the point of this transition phase that they had an opportunity to take, there there seemed to be, and I've listened to a little bit of radio in, in the Bay Area too, just kind of get a beat for how they feel about all of this. There seems to be kind of a legitimate divide. I don't know if it's like just straight up static, like, you know, punching Jordan Poole in the face type of stuff, 
but there seems to be a clear divide in the legacy guys, the old, the established guys that we know about, you know, the Steph's Clay's Draymond's and these younger guys up and comers that the, the age gap and the, the reputation gap, like it, it's, it's real, just like more than just surface level uh, within that locker room and kind of how they operate. So, I mean, I, I think that, that they have an issue of maybe that they pick the wrong guys. And then also, like I, the, the trust level, like I, I think they could have stood. And I don't know, LaShard, you said you didn't see much out of Kaminga, but I would have been curious to see him play more, you know, yeah. and maybe and, and maybe that's maybe that speaks to him, his readiness. And maybe they didn't think he should play more. But I mean, he's he's gotten buckets for them at times. You know, they've they've relied on those young guys at different points during this season when they had to, you know, and to see that when you got to the playoffs, they didn't have they didn't seem to have the faith in a John, Jonathan Kaminga. You know, he was, I think he was complaining about his minutes even at some point um, yeah. with local media. Um, Moses Moody, you know, maybe not a great player, but, you know, I, I just, I wonder if, if both things, if they pick the right guys and if they even have the right kind of faith to invest in their young guys, you know, sh- show some kind of level of, of faith in them. I would have liked to have seen more of them in the series, to be honest with you. Like they had this commitment to Dante uh, DiVincenzo and, you know, guys like that. And I know Dante DiVincenzo is a good player. I think he's going to be, might even be a free agent. You know, we talk about free agents yeah, um, and, and, and a champion and all of that. But I would like to see more of these young guys that actually get a better feel. Like, I don't really feel like I can give you a good feel for what those guys are. Cause I didn't, yeah. uh, particularly in the playoffs. Cause I didn't see enough of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I definitely agree. And it, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just good not to have to keep talking about Golden State in the yes. playoffs anymore. I have to see yes. their faces. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. objectivity out the window. I'm sorry. I'm just so yeah. tired of seeing a Golden State. It's, 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 it's the right inside my city. <laughs> okay. hey, I, was, I, yeah. I was watching them in the uh, I, I stopped at the gas station last night. I had, I had it up yeah. on my phone um, and, and it was it was actually still. uh it was actually still the earlier game, so it was the, it was uh, Nick, Nick's Heat actually that I was watching. But yeah. a guy was kind of standing in line with me, looking at looking kind of over my phone. He's asking about the score, and then he started asking me who I was going for. And I said, "Man, I'm a Rockets fan. Only thing I'm rooting for in this playoffs is for Golden State to go home as soon as possible." Yes, <laughs> like like I, and just as a basketball fan who's got a little bit of that, not as a hater, because I can appreciate their place in the game and somebody that loves basketball, loves the NBA. Can, can like respect their place in history, but like in the moment right now, the fatigue and you know, and obviously the Rockets connection. I'm like, yo, go ahead and get them up out of here. No, but Brian, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, what when they went off the rails for me. Like I, I didn't, I didn't hate them. Like I, I didn't like them because they were our our rival. But when they brought Kevin Durant in, that's that's that was the divide for me. That's when I was just like, okay, like because I, you know, you you add, um the second best player in the NBA to a 73 win basketball team. Like, no, like I, I, I was hey, not hey, okay hey. with that. I, hey, me, me neither. I, I had more of a problem with Kevin Durant for it at the time. Now I'm much more forgiving of that now than I was at the time. I would have agreed with you more when it happened, but this is, this is why I've changed my mind on that a little bit. Cause, and we, I, I guess knew this at the time, but when I reflect on it, man, that is more of a credit to LeBron. Like they they were everything that you just said that they were. Uh, se- how, how many games? They seventy two. They won seventy two games. Seventy three games. games. Yeah. They won all them games. They were the best regular season team that we had ever seen. They were, if not the best, certainly probably, probably the best shooting team that we had ever seen. Had all of these things going for them. Had won a championship two years before, but 
they needed the second best player on their team to combat the fact that they were that they kept running into the at the time the best player in the game. So, like, I, I'm not saying that I respect it because I don't. I'm I'm I would more so agree with you there, but I definitely understood it. I'm like, man, they they looking over like, man, we got the best team that y'all never seen, and this dude over here didn't pull together. <laughs> Uh, you know, dusted off Kevin Love from from Minnesota and figured out a way to get Kyrie to act right and <laughs> got, got, got him a championship. Josh Smith is, uh, or J, I'm sorry, Jr. Smith, Josh Smith, Jr. Smith, and you know, making this happen. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, uh, it, we, we gonna have to, we got to go get Kevin Durant, a dude, yeah. a dude who, by the way, we just beat. You know, uh, yeah. a dude who we just beat and, and overcame the three one deficit. We got to go get that guy just to overcome. What LeBron is bringing to the table, so but but I de- I definitely understand that, and, and that's, that's me, another reason why I don't hold LeBron's championships complete. Like a lot of people are like, okay, he only won, you know, what is it, four? <laughs> only four, yeah, yeah, only, and he's he lost this many. He only been and, to the finals ten times in a row. Yeah, so like people damn. hold his 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 uh his losses against him, his his uh finals losses, and I'm like, these other teams was literally like forming like super yeah. mega teams to every single him. one of them. Boston, um, yeah, Golden State. All these teams were forming super teams just to beat LeBron. And I'm not a huge LeBron fan on the court, but I can I can see, you know, his greatness a lot more than most people do. And like you said, I mean, they went and basically cried and begged Kevin Durant to come over there after winning 73 games because they were that scared of and they LeBron just kicked, James. They kicked Harrison Barnes to the curb. Yeah, oh, they did. They act like, they, he, never, they, like he never like existed. he wasn't even on the team. Yeah, it's like he never existed. <laughs> and he was, I mean, he was a team player. He was invested in the community. He was like a kind of a stand-up dude kind of like out there. And they acted like Harrison Barnes never existed all because of LeBron. Like, like and this again, this is not the – do too much stroking of LeBron, but the reality of it is the way he dominated the Eastern Conference before he went to the Lakers, they could have renamed the Eastern Conference, like wow. just called it LeBron, like the like Team LeBron. Call the Eastern Conference the same thing you call his little All Star teams when they now that they're doing the All Star captain thing. Like it's just it was the LeBron Conference for a stretch for an era, basically. They called him LeBronto in uh, Toronto yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. longest. If he beats Denver, if he beats Denver the way they're playing right now, I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm gonna have another level of respect because, to to me, I know a lot of people are pointing to the fact that like the Lakers have been a good matchup for for Denver this season, but like Jokic and and you talked about it a little bit earlier or before you even got on that, like I don't even understand how Nikola Jokic does the things that he does, man. Like yep. he's this guy. He he doesn't look um, you know overpowering as far as like a physical specimen. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's tall, but he doesn't seem overly athletic. He barely jumps. He, you know, he he's just doing. He's just out there, and he's he's like just thinking the game at a different level than everybody else. And he his his anticipatory skills, his reflexes, the the way he's able to see things happen before they actually happen, and it's just a, it's just pretty amazing. Like he just goes out there and he'll casually drop a 30, 15, and fifteen on you, and you and you don't you you look at the box score and you're like, man, this man just like he killed. He he's out here going crazy, putting up Will Chamberlain numbers. And so, like, to me, like, if, if LeBron and, and AD can go um, and take out Denver, like, I think this would be one of his, like, his his better accomplishments, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, very interesting playoffs, you know, even beyond tomorrow. So, I mean, 
one way or another, we're going to have a new champion this year because Golden State is knocked out. So we will definitely see how that yes. plays out. Um, we can and, celebrate, celebrate early then. And Tuesday, <laughs> don't forget about Tuesday. And next week is going to be that's the that's the Rockets, you know, quote unquote Super Bowl. It's next week. Their NBA Finals is going to be uh, next Tuesday. So Legit. we will definitely Legit. be back for uh, a post uh, draft lottery show. We'll be. Uh, Definitely having some uh, interesting things to say about that. But before we go, I want to definitely thank Brandon for coming on. It was a great thank conversation. You. We'll definitely have you back on at some point this offseason because, you know, as much as we think there's a lot to talk about, there's going to be a lot of off time in between now and the season. So we're definitely going to have you back on the show. We appreciate you coming on. Man, it's a pleasure, man. I love doing this, man. I could talk to y'all. Yes. <laughs> like this, this flew by, could do it plenty more, man. So thank y'all yeah. for having me, man. And I'll do it anytime. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We could talk for two or three hours and, you know, <laughs> but it, it probably won't be watching two, three hours of a podcast, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah I could yeah, just keep right, talking right. For, for hours and hours. Exactly. But we yeah. will definitely have you back on as usual, Vader. You know, I appreciate you coming on and joining me every week. Oh so, yeah, so like if oh, I just want to say like whoever you pray to, pray to them. If you got any like, if you got some like lucky draws, put them on. <laughs> you got yeah, like your your lucky bobblehead. Yeah, something. lucky bobblehead, uh, rabbit's foot, like whatever it takes. <laughs> like we got to do whatever it takes, man. We we need a top two pick in this draft. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, the narrative around the NBA around the league would change a lot if the Rockets were to secure either Scoot Henderson or Victor Wembanyama. Uh, so like, let's just, let's, let's speak that into existence on Tuesday. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So much riding on it. So much riding on it, man. Absolutely, man. And like I said, I appreciate everybody that joins us every week, uh, that checks out our YouTube page, that checks us out on Twitter, Reddit, wherever you check out our, our content. We appreciate uh, everybody that comes on, gives us likes. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Cause like I said, we're going to be having some big things coming up, whether it's press conferences at Toyota center, where it's interviews with, uh, potential draft picks um, during maybe during the draft combine. We're going to be having a lot of exclusive con content on our YouTube page. So make sure you're checking out our YouTube page and we appreciate all the support and make sure you check us out for our next episode of Rocket Fuel Podcast. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.